Welcome to episode 18 of Fearless Rebel Radio. Do you want to know how to be more confident, how to crush your self-doubt, and how to make time for yourself without feeling selfish? Well, then stay tuned for this episode because I am interviewing the fabulous Jen Scalia, all about how you can build confidence, self-efficacy, and crush self-doubt in order to live the life that you want. But before we get started, I just wanted to announce that I have a special holiday gift for you. I have created the Badass Holiday Advent. 10 days of rule-breaking inspiration to help you go through the holidays without stressing about food or your body. This is a totally free thing that I literally came up with about a week ago because I was sitting around thinking, how can I give a gift to all of my amazing fans and listeners and subscribers? And I thought this was a cool way to do it. So go to summerinandin.com forward slash advent and you can sign up for free and you'll get an email every day that'll be super short. It's just going to give you like an intention or a prompt and then it'll give you like a couple of kind of funny memes or a couple quotes to look at plus links to some of my favorite bloggers on the internet. Plus, I'm going to be giving away prizes and gifts, like actual things, like my favorite things from Etsy to um, people who kind of participate. So head to summerinden.com forward slash advent to get that. And as always, you can grab my free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod uh, at summerinden.com. Or if you just go to summerthenutritionist.com, you can find it all there. All right, let's get started with the show. Rebel Radio, baby! I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice not-so-PG-rated rants and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, I'm pumped about my guest here today. I was recently a guest on her podcast, 15 Minutes of Flame, and I think we have a ton in common. So I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Jen Scalia. Jen coaches smart, successful women on how to get clear on what they want as opposed to everyone else. Her clients have suffered from self-doubt, have trouble setting and keeping boundaries, and don't know how to love themselves more. She helps them transform all that and ultimately change their lives. You can find out more about her and her coaching programs and courses, which we'll talk about, uh, at her website, jenscalia.com, and it's J-E-N-N-S-C-A-L-I. A.com. All right. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hi. Yeah. So happy to be here. Yeah, I know. I think it's such a cool fit. And um, I think you're going to have uh, a really interesting perspective to offer because, uh, you know, as you know, like so much of what I do is around like body image and confidence. And, uh, you know, really that's about looking at what comes 
from within and, you know, overcoming things like self-doubt and setting boundaries and, and, you know, loving yourself more. So I'm excited to talk to you about all of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get started, why don't you tell everyone um, just about yourself and uh, your story about how you got to where you are today? Awesome. Well, a lot of, you know, what I do now, especially with the confidence and relationship stuff that I work on women with came from my own story. It came from my background and me going through these hardships and these struggles um, in my personal life. And, you know, once I discovered that I was actually able to overcome these things, I wanted to help other women do the same thing. So that is like my overriding mission is to really just kind of, I guess, cut the learning curve. I know we all need to learn our own lessons, especially when it comes to relationships and, you know, different things in life. But my goal is to get to the women before they hit those like really destructive behaviors, before they hit rock bottom and really just start to take control of their lives. Yeah. So uh, do you want to elaborate on some of the kind of like key circumstances or things that you overcame in your life? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I talk candidly about this a lot. Um, looking back, I kind of think like, maybe I shouldn't. But, <laughs> you no, know, I do like good. to be really vulnerable and, and just let people know that, you know, I'm not, you know, this iconic figure. I'm not a superstar. I'm not anything great. I'm just like they are. And I, you know, I'm 33 now. And I've gone through two divorces already um, as a result of me just really making terrible choices, uh, making terrible choices based on other people, uh, making those choices based on what I thought I should be doing, the kind of relationships that I thought I should be in. And it just became really destructive. And it's what's really prompted me to go the other direction and start making these changes for myself. So definitely the relationship stuff was huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it really, you know, spilled into other areas of my life as well. Um, just not having that self-esteem in my relationships screwed up everything else in my life. I wasn't happy. I wasn't feeling energized. Um, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was going into depression. I wouldn't take care of my body. Um, and it came from these just really bad relationships and these cycle of bad relationships. So that's actually where I started my coaching journey, um, helping women with their relationships. Um, since then, it's kind of transformed a little bit. And now I really work on the self-esteem and confidence piece of it because from coaching women for the last, you know, 10 months around their relationships, I realized that it was never about the relationship. It was never about the relationship. It was never about the man. It was always about them. Right. Yeah. And so let's talk about self-esteem and confidence. Uh, you know, where, where does that, where does it come from? You know, I, like I've always kind of talked about how it's like something that's built up from when we were, you know, from when we were kids and, you know, is so where does that come from and you know is it really something that we can that we can change and and reverse i agree with you i, I think it is something that comes from childhood i mean we weren't born this way and i know that for a fact like i, I look at my son every day he just turned four and he's full of life he doesn't listen to anybody's opinions. He doesn't listen to what anybody tells him. Um, he's strong-minded. He is playful. He's just a wonderful example of how we were before we got these influences from media, 
from, you know, other people at school, from our teachers. And a big one is from our parents. And I think that, you know, with all good intentions, our parents, you know, tried to raise us the best that we could. Um, but I think something um, along the way, and I noticed this a lot with a lot of not only my clients, but a lot of colleagues and a lot of fellow coaches, that their parents had a big influence on their life and not in a positive way. Okay. Um, and for me, it was definitely my father. Um, I actually just wrote a blog about this, um, about how much he affected my life just by the things that he said and the lessons that he taught me when I was young and how that really kept me playing small and how I never thought that I would make him proud. And so a lot of my self-esteem and confidence issues came from that. And it just, it just kind of built on each other, you know, over and over again. And with every new person that I met, with every guy that I met, I was always reaching for that proud moment and it kept me stuck. Yeah. So it was like almost like seeking that validation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So how, like, I mean, how did you move and how do you help people move from seeking validation as their main form of, you know, building their confidence and self-worth to getting that from themselves from within? Yeah. And for me personally, I did have to hit rock bottom. I had to get to that point where I realized that everything that I was doing, everything that I was trying and everything that I was, you know, supposed to be doing was not making me happy. And and every time that I would think like, oh, if I just do this or if I just get here, or if I just accomplish this, that my dad would be proud or that I would be happy or that I would feel fulfilled. And I was always seeking outside validation. Mm -hmm. And I forgot about myself. You know, I forgot that, you know, what was important to me, what made me happy, what made me light up, what made me feel that confidence in who I was. And so for me, like I said, I had to hit rock bottom in order to realize that the only person that was in control of my life was me and to stop putting that blame on other people and stop putting that responsibility of my happiness and my success into somebody else's hands. Yeah. And so how did you let go of that, that validation? Cause I, that's like, it's so hard to let go of that. You know, when we get stuck in this pattern of wanting to receive that, you know, like trying to please others in order to gain that validation and how do you, like, you know, how did you, how did you let that go? Did it happen quickly? Was it something just kind of, you had to continually remind yourself that, you know, other people's opinions uh, didn't matter that it had to come from within? Like, how did you work through that? Yeah, it was really tough. <laughs> it definitely wasn't easy. And it's something, you know, that I teach with my clients all the time is like, this stuff takes practice. Like you practiced a certain way of life, you practice a certain way of thinking and feeling and reacting to certain things for the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of your life. So that's what you're used to. You just do what you normally would do. So in order to break that and really have that like mindset shift of, I'm choosing my life and I'm choosing, you know, how I want to feel. I'm choosing the people in my life and how I want them to affect me. In order to really get that, it takes practice. It takes a daily, you know, commitment to yourself and really setting those intentions around who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that. I think that that's, uh, that's so good. I mean, that's, um, one of the one of the exercises that I do, um, you know, with my clients is called "Who's That Girl," and it's basically like defining who their future badass self is, so then <laughs> they it. can, you know, manifest manifest that, right? Because if you're not clear on, 
you know, what your intentions are, like how you want to show up in this world, then it's hard to really work through the barriers and challenges that you face. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, how, like, how can someone kind of go about defining who that is for themselves when they've gone through their whole life, not really, not really knowing or not really giving themselves permission to be that person? And like I said, I think it, it definitely takes practice and it takes that commitment to yourself and really just, you know, my favorite um, exercise to do is take everybody out of the equation, everyone, your parents, your spouse, your children, and then really dive deep into what you want. Because I think so much of what we think we want is based on other people, um, how they're going to view us, what they're going to think of us. Um, and we're actually taught to think that like being selfish or, you know, putting yourself first is a bad thing. And I totally think that's so untrue. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's quite the opposite. I think that being your best self and really tapping into your desires and what makes you happy and what lights you up makes you a better person. It makes you a better spouse. It makes you a better mother. It makes you a better lover. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And so in terms of like knowing who you are and what you want, you know, would you say that, you know, that's like, it, it's a process to like truly define that. And it's, and it's kind of always evolving, isn't it? Absolutely. Even if, for me, um, I feel that I'm always, like you said, evolving, expanding. Um, whenever I reach a certain goal or I, I figure a new thing out about myself, um, something new comes along and kind of tests me. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of have to roll with the punches and, you know, figure out like what this means. Like, why is this certain situation coming up in my life? Why is this person showing up in my life? How am I manifesting these things in my life and why? And kind of learn that lesson. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget or um, don't really understand is, you know, when they have these cycles in their life, whether it be bad relationships or just, you know, not loving themselves or, you know, anything to do with their body image, they're not learning what they need to learn. And the situation just keeps showing up for them. Mm, yeah, that's so good. And I think like, you know, in terms of not knowing what someone wants, like what I encounter, I think, is that you know, when you've been stuck in this cycle of like doing things for other people, seeking validation, and certainly like in, in the clients that I work with, like their, their primary identity and focus is around like food and their body. So they don't really have a lot outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think it, it's also important to note that it takes, like it takes patience and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not really know what you want, but it's important to try different things to figure it out. Would you agree with that? Like, is that like a way to approach it? Yeah, I, I love that you say that because um, it's true. We can think of like all these things in our head and keep them in our head. But until we're actually owning it, or doing it or taking some action, we never really know. <laughs> we kind of just stay stuck in our heads and stay hidden behind, you know, our excuses. Um, but to actually go and try something different and try something new and try a new approach, um, that's where the transformation really begins because you can actually figure out like, can I do this or do I even want to do this? And I feel like as long as it's in your head, you don't ever really get that, you don't get to the meat of the situation or the problem. 
Yeah, and you always kind of like idealize your future self too, which, you know, I think it's good to have this idea of your future self, but if you don't actually kind of experience um, the stepping stones to actually be that person, it's it then just remains this like idealized version of you that never manifests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that, I think it's good sometimes to have that kind of like, superhuman person like you were saying that that you strive for um mm-hmm. and that's just always like striving for that it's just like when they say you know reach for the moon and you'll catch some stars like you always have to go for the bigger and better and I know for myself I'm like that as well even if I do ever you know when I reach my goals or I have an accomplishment like I want more yeah <laughs> Yeah, it gives me the fuel to like, you know, like, that's great. Like maybe a month ago, this would have been, you know, sufficient. But now it's not now I want more, you know, once once you reach or once you go over one hurdle, then you can kind of like, you can just keep going like, yes, I can do this. Yeah, that's so cool that you say that. Like, I always say, like, there is no there, like, there is no end, you know, like, especially when we're talking about, like, confidence and, you know, building up, um, you know, your own self-efficacy. It's like that, that's, that's a never-ending journey. I mean, that's just, like, going to be a continual thing that you want to keep, keep doing and striving for more and more. Exactly. And, and, you know, it, it, it translates, too, into what you do with body image, the same thing. Like, it's not like, hey, I'm just going to go on a diet and, you know, once I lose 20 pounds, like, I'm good. You know, I'll go back to my old ways. Like, no, it's, you know, that commitment and having that intention to, like, really make the changes and that be part of your process and part of your life. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And so, you know, what if someone, you know, they don't believe that they're, you know, worthy and capable of achieving achieving their goals like how do how do they how can someone build up that self-efficacy to know that they are that they're worth it and that they can do it I think you just have to do it you just have to own it and uh, you know I actually do this process a lot with um, my clients and I run like free challenges and one one of the things I always do is make them come up with a brag list um, I call it and Basically, this is just writing down any and everything you can think about yourself that's freaking amazing, okay? Any compliments you've ever gotten in your life, any accomplishments, you're, you know, graduated college, you have a degree, you've, you know, helped a person out in your life, you've traveled, like anything that is amazing, write it out. Remind yourself on a daily basis how amazing you really are. You have to, it has to come from within. You're not going to get it from anybody else. And if you're not confident that you have it, no one else ever will be either. That is such a good exercise. I love it. That's such a good one. Brag list. Everyone needs yeah. to have it. Oh, I exactly. love it. So good. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so good. So good. Because, yeah, we, we focus on the negatives and we don't we don't see all these amazing things that we're doing. Or we focus so much on kind of the outer exterior that we don't see all these amazing, like, accomplishments that we've mm-hmm. done. Or we ignore them because we're focused on either getting the validation or like our appearance, which is obviously tied to validation. Um, And so, yeah, no, I think that's such a great way. And I think that's such a good way to kind of like even just start your day is to like review your brag list and be like, all right, I'm awesome. (laughs) I can do this. Yeah, I mean, um, on a daily basis, I do it. Um, I do gratitude every day. I think that's another huge place to start for somebody who maybe is feeling down in the dumps or really just feeling like they have nothing. Gratitude every day. 
find 10 things. If you can't, you can find more than 10 things. I mean, there's, there's been times where I've come up with 60 or a hundred different things that I was grateful for in one day. Um, think of everything that you have and be grateful for it. And more of it will come into your life. And along with that um, gratitude practice, I also um, write down three things that I like about myself every day. Oh, I love that. Those are such good daily rituals. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you saw like the recent Marie Forleo video on gratitude that um, that came out on her website, which I can yeah. link to in the in the show notes as well. But um, and she was just saying that, you know, that from that book, I can't remember what the book is called about gratitude, but how you need to be like really specific. So instead of just saying like, I am grateful for my husband, my dog, my child, you say like, I am grateful for for my husband and then you list like five reasons why you're grateful for him instead Mm -hmm. and I thought that that was um uh like that was really eye-opening to me and that that actually changed the whole way I thought I sort of approached it myself and the way that now I like tell others to approach it too so I figured that was worth throwing in there yeah absolutely and I think uh, the reason why you have to focus on the why is because, um, you know, the whole thing with gratitude and the law of attraction, if you guys believe in that, which I definitely do, um, is getting in that feeling place. And if you're just sitting there writing a list like, you know, my car, my house, a warm shower, like you're not getting feeling from that. But actually, you know, embracing the why, you know, why are you grateful for your car? Why are you grateful for your home? Why are you grateful for your family? It puts you in that feeling place of because they make me feel special. Yeah. They make me feel loved. They make me feel, you know, secure. Totally, totally. I noticed it. Yeah. I I noticed such a huge shift when I thought about it that way. I was like, oh, you know, and it just allows you to kind of really think about those deeper elements. That's so good. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, you're saying like you just have to do it and and own it when we're talking about building up that that belief that you're worthy and capable of, of achieving your goals. I think a lot of times that means feeling a bit of fear and being comfortable with that discomfort. Mm-hmm. And And fear is not something that ever goes away. I don't think I think the fear is always there. And what makes a difference, you know, in different people is do you feel the fear and and continue hiding? Do you feel the fear and just, you know, run away? Or do you feel the fear and do it anyway? That that makes the difference between really, you know, owning who you are and the wonderful gifts that you have to offer. Oh, that's so good. That's great. And so, you know, let's talk about um, making time for ourselves. You know, I think one of the challenges that I, that I see women is creating, you know, self-care rituals, like carving out time for themselves. There's so much resistance there. You know, they think it's selfish. They think it's meaningless. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as you and I both know, it is so important um, and I think, you know, some of this resistance comes from that feeling that they're not worthy of it. Um, you know, can you talk about the importance of making time for yourself? Absolutely. And, you know, for me, um, I have to admit that I'm not 100% perfect on, about this all the time, um, just because I am so enthralled with my work, I forget to schedule in breaks. So I end up, you know, um, kind of getting burnt out. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, taking that time out and it's so simple um you have to schedule it like you literally have to make it like it's part of your job um it's part of your job to take that break it's part of your job to go and get a pedicure this week it's part of your job to just have an hour 
of you time where you're sitting there and cuddled up with a book or whatever self-care looks like for you. It's so important to take that time out for yourself and realize like if you can't, if you don't see that worth, you know, and I said this before, like if you're not seeing that worthiness in you, no one else is going to see it. No one else is going to feel it. So you have to feel it yourself and then project that outwards and that will start to attract you know, that even more from other people. So I think that, you know, another um, really good thing that I love to do with self-care is actually buying myself stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's simple stuff. Like literally, I love buying myself flowers. Nice. Um, I maybe I don't get flowers all the time for my spouse or something. But if I go to the market or go somewhere and I see beautiful flowers, like I'll pick them up. And then, you know, that's for me a form of self-care. Like, I'm worthy of that. Like I deserve that. I deserve to have beautiful things around me and in my life. Yeah. And I think there's so much you can do if you, you know, if you can't financially make it work to buy yourself stuff too, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, because I think a lot of people sometimes get stumped. They're just like, well, I don't have that in my budget. And, you know, that's, that's fair. Like, I think that, you know, you can probably scrounge up, you know, five, 10 bucks a week. But if you truly can, I think there's so much that you can do you know, without buying yourself things or spending money to, do do you have any ones that you like to do? (laughs) Like even like I was saying, like the pedicure or the manicure, like, okay, so you can't afford to spend, you know, 40 or $50 at the salon, do it at home, like take an hour and, you know, just make yourself pretty groom yourself. Like that's another big one for me too. like, take care of yourself. (laughs) You'll feel, feel cleaner. You know, you'll feel like you want to be touched (laughs) and loved, you know, um, just really, it's about feeling good from the inside out. Um, and it's not selfish. It's not selfish at all. And, you know, that's one of my mottos um, in my coaching is just redefining selfishness. Like we're taught that it's a bad thing, um, but it's not. Yeah. And so how does someone overcome that guilt that they have with that's associated with it feeling selfish? Like I, I really, I see so much resistance to, I I see it go both ways. So I see, so I always have like one of the missions that I give my clients or or like the challenges or exercises, I call them missions, but is to do uh, something where they like, quote unquote, treat themselves or like have kind of a self-care ritual. And I find that it goes two ways. I find there's like half the women love it. They're like, I'm all over this. I do this all the time. This is great. And then half the women are like, can't even stomach the idea of doing it. Um, Cause there's so much guilt there and there's just like this resistance. Like it's like, it's not on my to-do list. It's not actually getting things done. So how do you, like, how do you overcome that guilt or what's your advice for women who have that guilt? So my advice, um, like I said, would be to redefine what that means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're taught that, you know, selfish or, you know, putting yourself first means that you're putting everything, everybody else last, right? Or, you know, if you're spending money on yourself that you could be spending on your kids or something like that, like, you have to redefine it, you have to start making those choices and those decisions based on your beliefs, um, instead of everybody else's and, and, you know, the beliefs that we have and that are ingrained in us, nine times out of 10, they're bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just a matter of like taking it into your own hands and saying, you know what, this is not selfish. This is an this is a necessity. I have to take care of myself in order to be the best that I can be. And really just making that a priority. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. 
Um, all right. So let's, uh, you know, let's talk about relationships a bit. Cause I know that was obviously like, you've had a lot of experience in that area. And I think so many women get tied up in complicated relationships in order to give them, you know, the security and love that they're seeking. So, you know, what is your advice for women who are in, you know, maybe a destructive relationship, um, or they're not getting treated the way they deserve to be treated by, by their partner, but they're afraid to, you know, they're afraid to leave them or open up the doors to tell them what they actually want in a relationship. Yes. And I have, you know, dealt with this myself. Um, I've also talked to many women who are in similar situations and it's really important to, like I said, in the beginning of the call, like take everything out of it, take everybody out of the equation, except for yourself, take your partner out of the equation. Um, how do you want to feel in the relationship? And, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, having like this list and stuff like that. And I can talk about that a little bit. Um, But I think it's really important to define what you want out of a relationship as opposed to that particular relationship, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking that partner, that specific partner out, like how do you want to deal with arguments and fights How do you want to deal with, you know, chores and things around the house? How do you want that person to make you feel? How do you want to be supported? Um, Those things are really important. And I think they're very overlooked um, when you start dating. Um, So the important thing, obviously, would be to not even get yourself in that position in the first place. Um, But once you're in it, it, it is very hard to detach and get away from that relationship. But the focus just needs to really turn away from the relationship and onto you. Yeah, and, I think and it, your needs and your desires. Yeah, and it's like, I think it's you know it's like asking yourself some really tough questions there. Yeah, and being honest with yourself about those answers. Yeah, which can um, be that's really the thing. Scary. Like, hey, you know, I really want somebody who's supportive, or I really want somebody who helps me around the house. And you're in a relationship with someone who, you know, has the mentality of like the 1950s and thinks a woman should do everything and, (laughs) you know, not supporting you, then, you know, what is more important to you? You know, living in that relationship or feeling in that relationship for the rest of your life, unhappy, unfulfilled, or actually, you know, getting what you want. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, in terms of asking for what you want, like you have permission to ask for help and ask for what you want to in the context, you know, of asking your partner to help. Like that's another area where I see women, you know, they say they don't have time for self-care, but then Mm. when you look at kind of the context of their life, they're the ones doing everything in the household. And it's like, why don't you ask your husband to make dinner? (laughs) And then you can have time to do some of this stuff too. And I think it's really important to ask for that, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think. And it's funny because I come across this a lot as well. It's like people that are, you know, nervous or scared to like approach their partner about something that they want. And that's just a huge red flag. Like if you cannot go to your partner, the person that you're either living with or in a relationship, sexually intimate with and say, Hey, this is what's up. This is what I need. This is what I want. Can you help me get it? If you're not comfortable enough with somebody to go to them and, and ask for that, then that's a big problem. Yeah. And they can't read your mind too. I think that's also really important. (laughs) Very important, especially when it comes to women and men. And I do say that a lot too. I'm like, you know, like 
just because your partner as a male will, would do something that you would never do, like, you have to just think, like, they're a dude. Like, they're a guy. They don't think like we do. They don't react like we do. They don't get emotional the way that we do. So don't expect them to react to certain things the way that you would. Don't expect them to say certain things the way that you would. Um, because nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen. Yeah, like, when you're putting the dishes away really aggressively to show that you're <laughs> upset that you're not getting help. That doesn't, that doesn't actually, they don't understand that memo. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to yep. just say, Hey, like, Hey, can you, uh, can you help me with that? That works a lot better. I find. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's, that's brings it back to just like everything about, you know, owning, owning it. Like, yeah. Standing up for yourself and, and being confident enough in yourself to, to ask for help. And I think, too, that's another thing that, you know, keeps a lot of women stuck and playing small is just that, you know, thinking that asking for help is a bad thing um, or that it makes them weak or that it's going to expose, you know, something bad about them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, asking for help is really, you know, a trait of somebody who's strong. Yeah, um, that's so good. So good because, yeah, there is this mentality, especially with women, that it's like we are, we, you know, we can do it all, which I think is great. We can do it all, but you can't actually do it all at once. You know, you need, yeah. you need to ask for help. And I think that that is, that is so important to, you know, it, it's not a sign of weakness at all. It's actually a sign of, of, of confidence and strength. That's so good. So um, I have a question here just about, uh, you know, because we're talking about building up confidence. And, you know, we live in a world where there's so much shaming, you know, whether it's like body shaming, money shaming, you know, success shaming, like, you know, it's around us all the time, whether it's media or friends, like, whatever, it's impossible to become bulletproof from all the different kind of ways that we're shamed every day. Uh, you know, do you have any suggestions for dealing with circumstances where you feel, you know, ashamed or put down? Like, how do you, you know, how do you work through that? Because we're talking about being confident, but being confident doesn't mean that you become bulletproof. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to still be hurt sometimes. So how do you, you know, how do you work through that? Yeah, I love this question. Um, and for one, um, one of the things I actually tell my clients to do a lot as well is take a break take a break from the social media and the TV and everything else that could possibly affect you, especially if you're not in a strong state of mind. Um, Take that break. I actually had to do this myself um, with my business not too long ago um, because I was getting all of this like stuff in my newsfeed about, you know, people having like five figure months and, you know, having all this great success and, and it, took a toll on me because Mm -hmm. I started to compare, you know, like, well, why am I not there yet? And, you know, when will I get there? And and the important thing to remember is that you're only seeing part of the story. You're only seeing what that person is choosing to put out there. So comparison, uh, you know, especially when it comes to social media is it doesn't make any sense because I could be comparing my story to somebody who's been in business for 10 years Mm -hmm. and not even know it. You know, they not know that their struggles and how many years they actually fought through it. So I think it's really important to just have your own intentions and your own goals and really focus on that and not worry so much about other people's goals and what other people are doing. Yeah, 
No, that's awesome. And what about in the context of, uh, you know, like people who are in our lives who mm. who contributed to kind of that negative self-esteem that we have? Like, I know you talked about kind of your, your father mm-hmm. um, and, you know, those people don't change. We can't control the way that they, you know, we can't control what they're going to think. Um, and, but we mm-hmm. do have to, they're still in our lives, you know, whether it's our mothers or our parents or, you know, friends or siblings. And how do you deal with instances where, you know, you're in 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 that environment with them and you kind of you like you feel that immediate pain um being brought back up because maybe (laughs) they said something yeah no I this is definitely um very personal for me I I I was there you know I had that you know especially when I was starting my business just you know all this chatter from my dad like hey you know, what are you doing? You can't make money on the internet and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and it got to me, I let it affect me. And I think it's just important to understand that the only things that are going to affect you are the things that you allow. So you have to start with that confidence. And if you, I'm not saying that you have to kick your parents to the curb or, Mm -hmm. you know, ditch your friends that you've had forever, but distance yourself. You know, maybe um, not even bring certain things up to them because you know it's going to be have a negative connotation or a negative effect. Enjoy the time that you're with them and, you know, know that they're coming, you know, quote unquote, at you with love and with good intentions. But you can't let it affect you. And for me, I did let it affect me for a very long time. Um, And it was it was hard. But once I made that decision that like, this is my life, this is how I feel, these are my intentions. And I was really confident in that. It didn't matter. Didn't matter what anybody said from that point forward. I was confident in in my own. And yes, they could say whatever they wanted to say. But then I was able to just let it kind of roll off my back. Like, okay, that's great. That's your opinion. And that's wonderful, you know, (laughs) and just kind of let it go. Like, don't, um, you can't try to convince somebody of something, you know, especially if they're like my father, who's old fashioned, hard headed, has his own like very, very strong opinions. Like I had to accept that, that I would, you know, that he may never be proud of me, that he may never understand what I was doing. And, you know, I still love him and I still, you know, am around him, but I just know my limits and my boundaries and how, how much of him I allow into my life. Yeah, that's so good. You know, it's just about kind of accepting, like accepting the things that you can't change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having forgiveness for, you know, for them and for yourself through that process. That's so good. And I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, what you just talked about with your with your dad, whether it's through their own like careers, or, you know, whatever their health doesn't matter, you know, parents have opinions and expectations and <laughs> mine was relationships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was always getting that like, yeah, you screwed up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like you made really terrible choices. Oh yeah, thanks, Dad. Thanks for reminding me. Thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it, it is. It's rough and and I mean, but yeah, I think, you know, just doing the best you can with it and just accepting it and standing true to your values. And I think that, um, you know, just some of the tools that you listed, like the brag list and the gratitude and, you know, listing the things you like about yourself to really put yourself in this confident state of mind before you enter into those types of environments is so important. Yeah, exactly. And coming back to that. So as we wrap things up here, you know, the last question that I like to ask all of my guests is what is the most fearless thing you have done? 
Oh, gosh. And and it's so funny because we actually just talked about this, but I think it's definitely just standing up for myself when it came to my parents, especially my father, um, and, and just really having the balls to, to keep going, even though I knew that he wasn't exactly approving of it. And it really gave me that power that, like, you know, he held so much power over me for most of my life that when I was actually able to take it back, like, I just feel like I can take on the world now. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love it. If I it. can get past my dad, I can get past anybody. <laughs> nice. That's so good. So tell, uh, tell the listeners how you help people. Like, you know, what, where can they find you? What, what do you offer? Right. So as Summer mentioned earlier, um, you can find me on my website at jenscalia.com. And I think she's going to link to that. Um, and I help people in a variety of different ways. Um, but I mostly coach women, um, who just can't seem to own what they want in life. And I coach them around their self-esteem, boosting their confidence, and really having that self-reliance around themselves. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching if you know you prefer like a longer-term um, intensive. And I also have a group program coming out that's called the Self-Reliance Sequence. Um, and it's actually a step-by-step -step process that I used um, to get myself from really being stuck and hiding and not asking for what I wanted to being where I am today. Nice. Love it. That's so good. Awesome. Well, I just realized I was saying your last name wrong, so I apologize for that. Scalia, not Scalia. My bad. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all of your time and sharing your story and advice with everyone. Definitely check out jenscalia.com. Thanks again and rock on, Jen. Opportunity, I had a great time. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod. Until next time, rock on. Thank <laughs> you.